The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It's in this league with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Thirty. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. Welcome back. It's hour two of ITL on FNPSY. And joining me, Welsh is gone. He's off eating a sandwich somewhere. I don't know where he is, but it's our buddy, Casey Bubba. You can find him on the Twitter at BDentric. And he does DFS, Fantasy DGENs, Laquan Edge, Around the Bases Pod. He's everywhere on everything. Casey, where all are, can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at BDEntric, and that's probably the best place to look because, yeah, you mentioned the Quant Edge for DFS. I have my little pet project, Fantasy Sports DJs, but then Bench with Bubba, Around the Bases with Bubba and Mo, and so many other podcasts. Bench with Bubba just hit episode 200 of the nice. 201 now. Congrats. I'm not as good as you guys are that separate baseball and football. I keep it all on one, so I cheat a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> We don't need to talk about that part of it. But, yeah, I'm all over the place. But just follow me on Twitter, and I tweet and retweet and annoy people that way. Well, we do that on fan tracks also. So, you know, we're on the Black Book Show. We do some baseball, some football. Depends on what time of year it is, of course. But today we are going to be talking about football, and I I don't think I've ever talked football with you. I think we've been strictly baseball whenever we've talked, right? Yes, we're going outside of our little friend zone here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It might feel a little wrong, but it's going to be fun. I do remember the, the best, I think one of the best shots I've had taken at me was uh, you in particular when I said, hey, look, Chris Owings was minor league player of the year one time. <laughs> and I believe your retort was, hey, I was MVP of my little league team or something yep. of that nature. So along those lines, yes. And I just it's very few and far between where I don't have anything to say back. And it was one of those times where I was like, well, I don't know how <laughs> to fire back on that. You got me. You just got me on that one. So beautiful. Uh, This is going to be fun. What I decided to do is since you're on here for three segments, let's do three segments of talking about the positions. Let's go quarterback, running back, wide receiver. So you and I are going to start at quarterback here. And I want to know what the hell do you do with Andrew Luck? What are we supposed to do here? Uh, This ankle injury is bothering me so much because it's so secretive. We've already seen this stuff from the Colts before where they, they you know, oh, no, 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 he's going to be back week two. He's going to be back week three. It's fine. Just keep buying those season tickets. We don't care about it at all. He's going to be okay. And then he missed the entire season. So I feel like the Colts just have a history of being hush-hush. I've moved him down 
to like the middle of my quarterback tier. He's still a QB one, of course. I think I moved him down to seven though. And I had him at two. And I think the in vogue thing in draft season was to put him over Mahomes because of, uh, you know, expected Mahomes regression. So what are you doing with Andrew Luck? Yeah, you, you nailed a lot of it. Like before all these injuries, when it was just a calf injury and we thought, okay, he'll be fine. No big deal. I could see the arguments for Mahomes because you got regression coming and everything. Like he's still gonna be awesome, but that that Colts offense is gonna be dynamic. Like with the weapons, the way Frank Reich wants to run things, there's a lot to like with that Colts offense. But the problem is, is now with these injuries and like you've said, the Colts have done this to us before. Um, they, at least their new, uh, I guess, general manager Ballard's been pretty open about telling us what happened. He's the one that kind of let us know it was more than just his calf; it's his ankle deal. And, you know, it's not the shoulder this time, all these these factors. But, you know, we, we talked about it in baseball before is why do we keep drafting these guys? Because we know they're good, but they're actually hurt coming into the season. Why right. do we put that on us? And it's like with luck in such a deep quarterback position, like really deep. Why take that risk? We know he can be really good. But like if you're in an NFFC or something where there's a grand prize for the whole thing. OK, that risk could pay off in diamonds. But if you're just in your home league, it's 10 or 12 teams and you can go and get like, a, a, you know, a Lamar Jackson or a Cam Newton or a Phillip Rivers so much later and you can go stock up on a running back or, or a wide receiver where Andrew Luck is going. I just can't take that risk right now. You said you moved him to, to quarterback seven. I, I'd probably move him outside of my uh, my QB one just because I don't want that risk. I don't even want to worry about him. I know he'll be off the board be, before I even have to think about grabbing him. We just did a mock draft the other day, and uh, the Welsh took him in round seven. I believe he is QB five at that point. And he was uh, not only was he uh, bragging about it, but he was a little bit indignant. You know, he was like, I don't know how this could not be a deal. One of those. I'm not the Welsh. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was surprised by it, too. He never acts like that. So (laughs) but I I think the bad part about this is uh, you hit so many great points there. The very first one is. I'm just done taking guys that are banged up going into the regular season. I'm out on A.J. Green. I'm not going to draft Andrew Luck. I'm just not going to have it with these guys. Now, if it's something, you know, where they get hurt maybe the last week of the preseason or whatever, and uh, it seems like they're going to be okay, it's just a one-week thing, that's fine. But we don't know the extent of this. We don't know if it's going to be one week. We don't know. uh, You know, we know A.J. Green's going to be a while. He had surgery. So I'm just not messing with that anymore. I'm done with that mindset. So um, I don't know. He has to fall really far. And I hate the fact that if you take him, especially in your standard 12 man league with kind of shorter benches, you know, uh, I you, you have to back him up. You yeah. have to take someone else. So that burns another spot of where you would take a backup wideout, a backup wide receiver, or I mean a backup running back. I, I, to be honest, I'd prefer a backup tight end to play matchups before I'd mm-hmm. want a backup quarterback in a standard one quarterback 12 man league. So it just aggravates me. I just I can't do it. And I'm going to be out on Andrew Luck. Unfortunately, I have him in a keeper league. I'm going to have to keep him in that one because we're already drafting and I've already set my keepers. I backed him up with Jameis Winston, but now at some point I'm going to have to take another stupid quarterback and I don't want to <laughs> be adding all these damn quarterbacks to my team. Uh, we kind of touched on Patrick Mahomes there. I just did a draft where I took him, a mock draft where I took him in the third round 
And I don't know. I, my team was fine. Uh, actually, I think I might have it pulled up here. Um, I had Patrick Mahomes. I, I had the number two pick. I started out with CMC. I took Patrick Mahomes in the third round. I went four net uh, before him. And then my starting wideouts ended up being Tyler Lockett, Alshon Jeffrey. And it's coming up here. Um, oh, oh, it was. I'm sorry. It was Cooper Cup. Larry Fitzgerald and DJ Moore. So completely wrong. Not not any of the guys I said. Uh, so I that team's fine. You know, I got my flex is McCoy. My tight end is Mark Andrews. I just didn't like it. I think maybe if he slipped to the fourth round, I could have added another top end wideout or another you know high end running back. I think he's worth it there. But in a one quarterback league, do you think Patrick Mahomes is worth a fourth round pick? And that that's the thing with a one quarterback league. If it's six point passing touchdown, I can I can see your argument. I probably still wouldn't do it. It's just not my style. Because you mentioned all those other position players you could be grabbing about that point in the draft. Like when you look, if we just look at consensus ADPs on um, on on fantasy pros, he, right now he's going pick fifty nine. You got guys around him like you know Mike Williams behind him. You have Evan Ingram. Uh, even Lamar Miller, if you played like a zero running back, that's a okay first running back. There's a lot of, you know, really good second or third wide receivers you could be grabbing if you grab some good running backs early that you don't need to be grabbing a um, – a, a, uh, actually, I totally butchered that one. He's going earlier than that. So, um, yeah, I, I, can't, I couldn't do it there. That was where luck was going. But uh, uh-huh. I, I, I couldn't do it just for the, the talent that's going around him. You did make it work. I, I, would, I would say – if you're going to take Patrick Mahomes and where you're going to have to take him is the fourth, fifth round, maybe even third, like you did, you better have a very good knowledge of the late round picks because okay. that's where you can make up for it. If you know your late round options, you can find some of those. Like if you know like a Debo Samuel or, or, or things along those lines where you can make up ground, that's tremendous. If you're a guy that you know, brings your book out and you know the, the top hundred players pretty well, but after that you're in trouble – I wouldn't be going after Patrick Mahomes because you can go get one of those late round quarterbacks without knowing too much. And what what have you been doing in your drafts or in your mocks? Have you been uh, and I'm talking your one QB 12 team ish type of a league. Have you been uh, snapping up your guys super late? Have you been doing kind of a second tier QB that you can still get late, but not at the bottom? How have you been handling the quarterback position overall? I'm all I'm always always have been always will be until something changes be a later guy like the earliest I would go is maybe like a Cam Newton who's the 10th one off the board getting around about round 10 somehow year after year I end up with guys like Philip Rivers who I have no problem with at all he produces year after year after year and then every draft season no one likes him uh, Dak Prescott somehow becomes a top you know 12, 13 quarterback at the end of it. Somehow, I don't know how every well, year. That's moving. I've, I'm actually high on Prescott. I was, but now that Zeke is hurt and uh, Cooper has this plantar fasciitis thing, I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think but, he, but, he's going to think about But think about it. Where What has he had in his career, really? Like, Dez has been there, but Dez has been a diva that catches balls in the end zone, which helps for fantasy, obviously. But stretching the field, he seemed to – I don't know. He didn't seem to do it for me. Maybe I'm, I'm really overthinking the situation. Zeke's a beast. That could be big. But if Tony Pollard can be half of Zeke, that helps him out a lot. He's still not going to be great. But where you're getting Dak at, at the 18th QB off the board, there's still so much room to to elevate. And unlike, you know, A.J. Green's injury and some of these other ones, 
with Cooper, yes, it's not great. And people kind of have overvalued Cooper, in my opinion, because he had like two big games with Dallas. Everything else was kind of blah. But it still is a weapon. And I think he'll be there week one. That will help that quite a bit. And don't forget Witten's back. That's a safety valve for him. Witten's not great, but that's a safety valve. Yeah, you know, it's funny to me that, well, first of all, Dak asking for $40 million might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know? Oh, man. You'd like to eat something besides Carl's Jr., I know. So yeah. it's, it's just crazy. You actually just reminded me I have to go by Carl's Jr. later. <laughs> so now I hate you. And but, the last uh, time I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's better than missing a day, you know, got, got, I mean, I've done it so far. Why, why miss the last 30 trips, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, I feel like Zeke and Dak have never really fit together because what Dak ran at Mississippi State was more spread out. You know, yep. uh, let's do four wide, kind of what they're going to be running in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Um, and we'll get to that in a second here, but. Uh, he didn't. He never had a back uh, the caliber of Zeke. But I think when you have a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who's clearly the best player on your team, Joe keeps mentioning this on the Black Book that you know um, they were so bad, and Dak's performance was so bad without Zeke on the field that uh, he has to be. He needs to be there. So they're going to cave in and pay Zeke, which I don't. I, I don't know that they are. We'll see what ends up happening there, and we'll get to that in the second uh, seg- segment here. But what do you think about – let's move to, to the offense in Arizona and Kyler Murray since we were just kind of talking about that. What do you think of this uh, – what do you think of Murray and the Cardinals offense? Are you in? Are Because it seems like there's not much room for gray area here. I'm in. I know Jake Seeley's in. I know a lot of people, I believe, uh, someone took him. God, I can't remember who it was. It might have been – no, I don't think it was Taglier. I can't remember who it was, but I know in one of Joe's flex drafts, uh, he went ahead of Aaron Rodgers as QB7, Kyler Murray did. Wow. So are you, I mean, obviously you shouldn't be that high end. You yeah. know, that's uh, that's a snoop high on Kyler yeah. Murray. Uh, wh- what do you think of this offense? Yeah, Mike Tyson would look at that and go, come on, man. But um, <laughs> I like the offense. Uh, taking him ahead of Aaron Rodgers is blasphemy. But um, Kyler Murray, I almost would rather have the pieces of the offense. I know that sounds really weird because you hear the golf considerations and all that stuff. But with Murray, you have to like the offense for the fact, regardless of how like how explosive it is, they're going to run so many more plays that give them chances to be explosive, if that makes sense. So just the volume alone that you don't see in the NFL will be tremendous. Now, if how successful it will be, we'll see. Like, you know, Chip Kelly did it for a while. And it slowly faded. I think they'll be very good. Kyler Murray is a freakish athlete. He's super talented. Um, and he's got good weapons there. Fitzgerald is going to be so good this year. And people just don't give him the love he deserves. You have Kirk, um, Edmonds, and DJ in the backfield. It's going to be a really, really good offense. I'm just not pushing Kyler up my list just for the fact that I think I can get, you know, better production. Like, it just goes back to my whole philosophy on quarterbacks. It's just it may be too QB league, but I'd rather have Cam Newton instead of Kyler Murray. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm so in on Kyler Murray because I kind of agreed with him being the number one overall pick. I, you know, the Cardinals didn't make it work with Rosen. You got a new coaching staff in. You're bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. It just made sense to me. Like them taking Nick Bosa when you add this offensive-minded coach to go with a quarterback that hasn't played in this type of a system and Rosen 
It just didn't make any sense. You're only doing that to try to save face because you took Rose in the year before. I would rather do what they did. Take the guy that fits, have Rosen, uh, you know, don't get enough back for Rosen and trade him away. That's fine. Because I think the mistake kind of goes on the last coaching staff and all that stuff as well. So, um, but but I digress about that. I feel like I'm totally in on him, and I think I have him at QB 17. Somewhere well, it's, like you, it's like you said, you need to be either all in on these guys or all out because it's either going to blow up in a good way or a bad way. Like, there's really no middle ground there. 100%. I think we have time for one more quarterback uh, thing before we go to break here. So I'll let you pick because we have this list here. Do you want to do the Jackson versus Allen, Kirk Cousins, or Derek Carr? Um, let's go with, uh, let's go Kirk Cousins because this is a volatile one. Yeah, I'm, so here's the thing. I'm worried about Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers because Zimmer is, he said he wants to switch to more two tight end sets. Um, they drafted Irv Smith and I thought that was to replace Kyle Rudolph. They then extended Kyle Rudolph. I talked about this on this show with Joe last week. I just feel like I'm a little bit concerned. I don't have any shares of the Minnesota Whiteouts or Kirk Cousins this year. I've been getting plenty of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So what do you think about uh, this offense? I think the offense is going to be very, very good. The thing with this offense, which is interesting, is they want Cook to be the workhorse back. They, They want to limit Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. And there's two ways to look at this is maybe it's less volumes for Cousins, but at the same time, it could be better situations for Cousins to throw in, more scoring situations. I don't like him as much as others do because I feel Cook is going to have a heavy, heavy workload. But if you're waiting late right now, 19th QB off the board around pick 141, I don't mind Cousins. They're like, if you're waiting, my guys, I think he's very, very solid. All right. Well, we are going to take a break and we're going to be right back to talk running backs with my man, Casey Bubba. So stick around and we will be From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. In this league is cooking. Hello and welcome back to In This League on FNTSY. I am joined by my buddy DC Bubba. We are going to be talking about running backs here, but I got to read for you first. I got to tell you about our friends of FanDuel. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive free a free bet up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open up your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. 
you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility restrictions apply, see website for details. All right, Casey, you can find him on the Twitter at BDNTrick. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to say BDNTrick.com. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> at BDNTrick, uh, I mean, y- you you go by so many names. Uh, I, I keep, That's I, what my wife says. <laughs> I've always called you KC. I mean... Yes. Is that uh, is that weird when you hear that, or is that uh, because I mean your your name is Brian, right? My name is Brian. I've been called Bubba since I was like two. I, I grew into the mold of a Bubba, so that worked out really well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been called many many things. I played sports my whole life and other activities in college, so I've been called many things. And I answer to almost all of them. All right, and and very little of them are insulting. So very few. Well, and when you're thick skinned, it works. <laughs> well, I'm thick everything. So yeah, big bone, thick skin, same thing. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about some running backs here. Um, and I, there's been so much shade, I feel like on the top four backs here recently, you know, we had the, um, the, obviously the holdout was Zeke, this one with Christian McCaffrey bothered me though. And, uh, I, I want to know if it bothers you, are you worried at all about the talk about him getting replaced for the goal line carries? Cause I just feel like. I, I just don't know why they would do something like that. It's not something that I would do if I was running that team. But I may be a hundred percent biased because I'm such a CMC fan, and I was so right about him last year when so many people were wrong. Yeah, you are team run CMC, but um, I I find it hard to believe this is actually going to happen. You wanted to be your workhorse back, but what he did last year was like two workhorse backs. Um, it, it was a little crazy. At the same time, I've always been worried about him losing goal line backs as long as Cam Newton is quarterback. That's right. always been the problem. So when they come out and say something like that, that really yeah, – you you listen. But it's one of those kind of like, okay, grain of salt. It is what it is. How many guys do we draft? Like last year, Melvin Gordon was an example. When he was banged up, the whole like second half of the year, he seemed to be taken out on the goal. And it happens all the time these days because there's not as many full workhorse backs anymore. So a guy like CMC, he's going to still be so productive in the passing game. He's going to be able to break big plays. I don't even have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you he had way more touchdowns and more fantasy production outside the goal line plays than at the goal line to make it really relevant to to, to worry about where you're going to draft him. If he's there in the top three picks, you take Christian McCaffrey. All right. Yeah. And and I think the, the big thing here was, you know, not that Albert Breer is a not a great reporter by any stretch of the imagination. He's awesome. But. I think that Ron Rivera has really told us stuff about Christian McCaffrey and this offense and what his ideas are for it and how he envisions it. And he's one of the few coaches where, you know, he's not Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is, oh, everyone's going to catch 150 balls and we're going to score all these touchdowns and everyone is so great and there's never a bad word about anyone. You know, Ron Rivera isn't that by any stretch of the imagination. He'll tell you when someone's wrong. He'll tell you what their plan is. He told us last year, we want to get Christian McCaffrey 300 touches. And I didn't believe it. And I was still high on Christian McCaffrey, but I didn't buy into that for a single second. And he was well over 300 touches. So I think we have to pay attention uh, to what Ron Rivera says and not what writers say at this point. Uh, How far down does Zeke go? with his holdout ongoing because for me he's kind of a you know middle to late first round pick right now I think you have to put him below 
the top three. He's at least four for me uh, of those top guys with him and Saquon, CMC, and Kamara. How far down is he going, and are you going to take this more into account if he's not there like after week three of the preseason? Yeah, I'd, I'd have him fourth as well behind uh, Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey. I would be way more concerned, like you're saying, after uh, week three or so. I'm not worried about him missing this time of the year. We've seen him do this before, and I think it worked out just fine last season. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, even with everything being considered, he still is a first-round draft pick. Uh, it, maybe not to the top of the first, like you said. If he's there towards the end of the first round, you have to still take him. It's just he's too valuable for what he does. And I kind of am in the camp, like you were talking about Joey P earlier. I think the Cowboys need him so much. Like Unlike the next guy we'll talk about, there's weapons there to take his spot. When it comes to the Cowboys, Pollard might be good. He might be really good. But he's not Ezekiel Elliott good. And Ezekiel Elliott is what makes that offense really click. And is like you said earlier, what's what makes Dak what he is will help everything about that offense. Without Zeke, they are in a big hole. And they drafted him with a first-round pick for a reason. They have to pay this man. And I find it hard to believe he won't be paid to start the season. Yeah, I, I think they're going to work something out, too. And I think he doesn't want to come to camp. I think that's... The big thing here. Who would? Who really would? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when running backs careers are shorter. You already know you're the the number one running back. You have your defined role. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense for him to come in and get banged up in camp at all. So I'm kind of with him there. And to be honest, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of that from NFL teams. Is You're never going to see their starting running back in preseason games except for maybe the third one. And, uh, you know, outside of that, it's just going to be, you know, the backups playing and, st- and, and all of that. And, and I mean, we're going more to running back by committee overall mm-hmm. anyway, which is why before all this Melvin Gordon stuff happened, I was a little bit down on Gordon because what we saw when he was out last year is Justin Jackson can play. He yeah. got a ton of, of uh, volume at Northwestern when he was there. You know, I do college fantasy football and he was one of the top uh, he was a two round, top two-round pick his last year at Northwestern. And Austin Eckler has his role as well. And Melvin Gordon is explosive, and he does more on fewer touches. And I know that that's what makes the Welsh like him is, you know, if, if you're putting up all those yards on fewer touches, you're less likely to get hurt, even though he still did, and you're still running back. But um, I was kind of down on him anyway. And then the, the holdout is coming, and I have I've been taking him off my board but he's going to have to fall to the third or fourth round for me to draft him. He hasn't been doing that all the time. And I still feel I've had a shot in a mock draft at him mid third and I've passed on him. What are you doing with Melvin Gordon right now? See, and this is like, you have your love for CMC. I have a man crush on Melvin Gordon. I've had him the last <laughs> few years and he's really helps the fantasy football team out. Like he's super good. Like you said, he gets it done with kind of limited production. He just has that big playability and they, and they make a point to give him the ball in the red zone. Like they factor him into their touchdown packages, which is outstanding. Um, this is a concern because he, unlike Zeke, like you said, you have Jackson, you have Eckler, who was already a fantasy viable uh, running back later in drafts. It's going to be it's it's harder for the Chargers to have to pay Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon almost has to be like, OK, I'll meet in the middle on your offer. And he right now doesn't seem like he wants to do that. 
So that's going to be the interesting one. He scares me a lot more. For me, he kind of feels like the Andrew Luck situation at, at running back, even though he's not hurt that we know of. So with him, I'm with you. I think if I can get him late third round and I have a stable core up front, I'd go there. But it's almost like if you don't already have one good running back and maybe a good receiver, it's going to be tough to do that because like a third round pick or a fourth round pick, there's so many pieces there that'll help your team week in and week out. Now you're crossing your fingers and hoping. We saw what happened to Lev Bell last year, and that was number one picks for many. Melvin Gordon could do the same thing right now. So that's going to be really interesting there, given Melvin will get fined unlike Bell did. But Melvin seems pretty adamant on not coming. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play this year. I think he's gonna sit the year like Bell did, and it's an unfortunate precedent that that Le'Veon Bell has set here. Uh, but I, I think that it's something we're gonna start seeing more and more from the the running backs because they don't last as long, so they got to get paid earlier in their career. I mean, I think Saquon is safe because he was a number two overall pick, so he's already getting paid. But uh, real quick here, Melvin Gordon or Leonard Fournette? Because I'm looking at. Uh, Fantasy Pros ADPs and uh, Melvin Gordon and Fournette are twenty three and twenty four overall. I'm uh, I'm looking at Fournette and I like him quite a bit. Like it, it's a guy I've always had issues with, and you know the injuries are concerns. But you mentioned with Ron Rivera and all preseason and training camp talk, grains of salt. But they seem very adamant there in Jacksonville that they want Fournette to be a part of the passing game also. And Foles has loved dropping it off to his running backs. I think if Fournette adds that, not even like a big impact in the, in the passing game, but just a little bit more, we know how good of a runner he is, and health is a major concern. But let's be fair, Melvin Gordon's always getting hurt too. Dalvin yeah. Cook going right in front of Fournette's always getting hurt. I'll take the gamble on Fournette. I think he's a really good you know, back-end, second, early third-round pick that if you went wide receiver, wide receiver, Fournette's not a bad running back one to have. See, there is someone else that likes Fournette besides me. Yeah, so. trust me, I'm, I've been anti-Fournette, but that was because he was like a first-round pick in recent years, where he's going now a big fan. Yeah, I mean, falling down to uh, the end of the second, early third, somewhere in, in that uh, nature, I, I love him there. Yes. Uh, moving back up to the top-end guys here, did Sean Payton's comments on Alvin Kamara hurt his rank for you, or maybe you can't take the rank off, but did it, it, did it jar your excitement for him? Because Alvin Kamara is an absolute stud, but he's always worked with a second back. He did it at Tennessee. I think the most touches, he, I think he only had over 20 touches like one or two times in his career at Tennessee. He comes into the NFL. He's already got Mark Ingram there. That's why I wasn't high on him to start his career. Not that he's not good, but they had a guy that could take the ball 30 times in Mark Ingram. So it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Obviously the dude is an amazing game breaker. So with Sean Payton saying they want a similar role for him, I think number one, it has to move Murray up some boards because he's, oh, yeah. he's the guy that is going to be second there. But did this um, hurt your excitement for Kamara at all? I really wish Sean Payton would have shut his pie hole on that one because I was enjoying where <laughs> Latavius Murray was going. Yeah, especially on fan tracks. He was like post oh, 100. Like so. if people didn't know to search for him, they never would have found him. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a shame, but he has to talk. That's what he does. And um, I still – it does not phase me one bit with Kamara. Like you said, he's done it with a, a, a second back the whole time with Ingram. Murray, I think he's better than Ingram, but he's going to have a very similar role. Kamara does – he's such a big playmaker, and you can't – 
you can't take that away from him by just having a second running back. So it does not bother me at all. He's been talking kind of down on Kamara since Kamara has been drafted. He said he's soft. He said a lot of things about Kamara. He's never wanted him to have the full role, which I get. You already mentioned earlier, most teams are going by committee. If you have a great back like Kamara and you know how to keep him healthy and for 16 games plus the playoffs, why risk that? You have a great number two. Go for it. So I, it doesn't bother me at all. I think he's still in the top three or four running backs for me going draft day. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not surprised, you know. So no, I, I was already taking Murray a little bit. I, I didn't think that he was going to expanded role. I do think that he'll have the most touches of his career this year because when you get down to the end of the game and the game is close, you're putting your best back out there regardless of how many touches he's had unless he's hurt. So unless he's banged up, you know, Kamara's in the game. And uh, I think so. I think he'll have his most touches, but I don't think it'll be uh, an absurd amount or anything. He's not going to turn into Christian McCaffrey level touches. Um, what about Todd Gurley versus David Johnson? Because I, I myself, the Welsh and Joe, we're all in the camp of Todd Gurley is the number five player. You know, maybe number four player now that Zeke is, you know, in deeper into his weird holdout. But uh, I have not backed down on Todd Gurley. I thought that them drafting Daryl Henderson just made sense. You have a guy that has had too many touches over his career. He was banged up last year, but he still is going to score the touchdowns for this team. Uh, I know some people are kind of it's kind of like Kyler Murray where there's not a lot of gray area here. You're either all in or you're all out on Todd Gurley. You're not like like he's not falling to someone because someone will take him in the first round still. So where are you at on Todd Gurley and would he go over a guy like David Johnson? Um, even if you know, I mean, you said before you're kind of in on this Cardinals offense, right? Yeah, but I, I'm Gurley. Like people are way over analyzing the situation. <laughs> it, it, you mentioned it; they, they drafted a guy for a reason. I think we just got done talking about Alvin Kamara being very, very good still and sharing the role. That's all Gurley's going to do. He's still going to be the the lead back. He's still going to get sixty five to seventy percent of the touches, most likely. You mentioned how he gets the goal line touches when they're in the red zone. He's a very key part to the passing game. If it's not Cooper Cup. Um, they have no problem just dropping it off to him and he can break tackles and get to the end zone. Yes, he won't touch the ball, you know, probably 30 times a game. But reality, you wouldn't be shocked if he averages 18 to 22, 23 touches a game between running and and, and receiving. And, that, and the way he can burst onto the scene, it's huge. I would take him over David Johnson. Um, the offense, I think, will be very good in Arizona. I think Chase Edmonds is going to have more of a role than people think. And at the same time, they're going to be spreading it out so much with receivers. I think Murray's going to be focused more down the field. And like David Johnson will be option five or six on some sets, depending on what's out there. That um, I think people are kind of overdoing David Johnson and not giving Doug really the credit he deserves. All right. Last one before we hit the break here. Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell, but he's stuck with him now. What's your feeling uh, on Bell with the Jets? Um, I. I just think he's not going to be as good as he was with Pittsburgh, more because of the offensive line. Uh, but I, I think he's just so much better than Ty Montgomery or whatever, Elijah McGuire, whoever they're going to have behind him, that he's still going to get an insane volume. Maybe it's not as high as it was with Pittsburgh, but it doesn't matter what uh, Gase thinks now because you're stuck with this guy. You're paying him. Yeah, you just had to bring up Adam Gase, did you? As a Dolphins fan, this guy is the devil when it comes to running back situations. <laughs> but... Um, Le'Veon Bell, the thing that's going to help him, you nailed it. He's going to get the volume because they have no one there. 
They are that bad. The O-line is that bad. He's going to get so many checkdowns when Sam Darnold is running for his life. It's going to be ridiculous. I still – I don't see myself reaching for Bell. I'd rather have Gurley. I'd rather have James Conner. He kind of gets into a debate for me now when I see Joe Mixon or David Johnson on the board. But the volume will be there. We know how explosive Lev Bell can be. He'll be very good. But at the same time, the volume he got in Pittsburgh, as you well know, won't come anywhere near close to the volume or the quality of volume he'll get with the Jets. So I think he's getting overvalued. And I personally want nothing to do with him unless he fell to the end of the first, early second. Yeah, I'm still on in on him, but he has to kind of fall. And I, I like your point about the checkdowns, too. And that's especially uh, going to play the first couple games with Chris Herndon suspended. But that is it for running backs for us. We are going to come back in segment three and talk a bunch of wide receivers. So stick around. It's in this league. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it, stop it, don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh, in the bleed. Welcome back to Fitness League on FNTSY. I am your host, Scott Bogman. You can find me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports, and you can find Bubba, Brian, KC, whatever he wants to be called, at BDN Trick. He is with uh, the Fantasy DJs, Aquan Edge. You got to love his pod at Around uh, the Bases on the Twitter there. And, uh, I mean, how how deep are you in? You said you just hit uh, show 200, right? That was with Bench with Bubba. I hit 200. I did 201 the other night. I did 202 tonight. Uh, so there'll be 202 out this weekend. But uh, on Around the Bases, I had like 100 and – 15 or something I do DFS every Monday through Friday and do golf DFS and football DFS. I, I just try to be the man you are, Scott. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'm the only human being doing more podcasts than you. I, I'll be honest. I, I thought it was hilarious. I get up early. I know you go to bed late. I woke up at 415. And I noticed you dropped me the, the notes for the podcast at 353. <laughs> I'm like, he might not even be asleep yet. I should almost hit him up. <laughs> yeah, we could have recorded right then, to be honest with you. It would have been OK with me. So, yeah. And then people get mad when I, I'm not awake for my slow draft picks at, at 11. <laughs> So they don't know. See, people don't know how, how hard you got to work because it's not just show up and talk. You know, you got to make your points on the sheet before you got to kind of get your talking points in your head. You got to know where you're going. I mean, we got time to fill here. We're not just going to do that by, uh, you know, talking about how crazy Tom Brady giving a trophy to Mike Vrabel is. You exactly. This, this face for radio doesn't do itself. That's right. That's right. You have to have the. uh the stamina for radio too. So, and I, the re- real reason I was up that late is because I was editing a mock draft last oh. night. So those always like, you know, I don't often feel artistic, 
But what I'm putting in the drops for <laughs> they are they are good for the mock draft show. I I know what Picasso felt like when he was making his creations. Right, that's exactly what it's like. Is uh, that's my canvas. Are, are the mock drafts. And uh, last night in particular, uh, there are just so many brand new drops that I put in there. And I was on uh, the YouTube to MP3 website so much. Like, I have to find their PayPal and give them some money or something because I have been using that so much to drop in all these quotes. So, uh, you know, movie clips and all that good stuff. Uh, musical clips a lot uh, in yesterday's mock as well. So kind of kind of surprising for me to be on the music stuff. <laughs> Not a big music. I don't have time with all the comedy podcasts and sports podcasts I'm listening to. I can't wait to check it out because usually I have to listen to your guys when I'm not driving because I'll drive off the road. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So um, we're going to talk about some wide receivers here and wide receivers in, you know, the NFL, especially in college fantasy football, are just they're just more difficult, right? Because they depend on the quarterback, you know, because we were talking about how you have to lower Andrew Luck. Well, if you think Andrew Luck is going to be uh, hurt for an extended period of time, you have to lower T.Y. Hilton. You know, you probably have to take a little shine off Paris Campbell. You have to take Eric Ebron down a notch. So these guys are tied to another position wholly and completely where running backs are but they're not as much. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, the entire Chiefs offense sucks. You know, you're back to uh, Damian Williams from the Dolphins. You know, the one that you remember. Yes, so, yes, thank you. Uh, not this, uh, not this Chiefs guy who's all of a sudden, you know, uh, an RB one and all that stuff. So, uh, wide receivers are tough, but at the top end. I'm seeing Adams go over Hopkins a lot in our mocks. And I think a lot of that's because we have a bunch of Packers fans or just because there are a bunch of Packers fans. Um, is that crazy talk to you or are those guys in the same tier, do you think? They're both very, very good. I still have DeAndre Hopkins over Devontae Adams. I like Devontae Adams, like similar to running backs. There's kind of that big four at wide receiver. Uh, Devontae's going to be really good, but do we really think he's going to catch up touchdown every single game with Aaron Rodgers like let's let's be real about that one he's going to be good but for me I I I know this is wasn't the question you asked but I go Julio Jones over those guys like I, Julio's, Julio's my number, your one Julio is my one for product like who has led or been in like the top two in receiving yards like the last three four five seasons it's always Julio Jones like the production is there he just did not find the end zone last year the Falcons, I know it's been documented everywhere, have 13 of their 16 games in a dome. We know how well that works for Ryan and Julio. I love Julio. Ryan does not worry about double coverage with Julio. I prefer him. DeAndre's situation is great, but they're a one injury from DeAndre or Deshaun, the way he runs around with that O-line, that scares me. I got Julio all the way above them, but when it comes to Adams and Hopkins, I go Hopkins over Adams. I think guys that take Adams above him are smoking uh, the good stuff. But, uh, yeah, they're close, but they're not the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I understand the Julio love because you just look since 2014, 1,593, 1,871, 1,409, 1,444, and last year, 1,677 to pace the NFL in receiving yards. So I, I understand the love. For whatever reason, I am just always afraid of that, you know, plate they had to put in his foot. 
And it's scary. It's scary. You, and you see him hobbling around from time to time. So it's just one of those things where I, I understand who, and I have Julio at three. It's not that I dislike him or anything, but we've also seen Hopkins. Hopkins is kind of like how Larry Fitzgerald was in the middle of his career, where he was still putting up numbers with guys that are used car salesmen now. You know, yes, what do you think John Skelton's job. doing right now? John Skelton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, John Skelton, super nice guy. Uh, my bu- my buddy met him. Yeah, funny, funny thing. We're at Salt River Field watching the Diamondbacks in spring training, and my buddy was hammer drunk. And John Skelton uh, comes in. I had, I didn't recognize him. I had no idea who he was. And my buddy goes, Johnny, and runs over and shakes his hand. And the guy was not giving him the time of the day because he's a crazy <laughs> drunk person. I don't blame John Skelton at all. And yeah. my buddy comes back over. I'm like, was that a friend from work or something? He's really tall. He's like, no, dude, that's John Skelton. I'm like, oh, okay. There's your starting quarterback. You know, Larry <laughs> succeeded with guys like that. And I think Hopkins has with guys like TJ Yates, you know, not to knock any of these quarterbacks or quarterbacks in the NFL. They're good. They're just not guys that are going to consistently get you the ball. And we've seen him be successful. You know, Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers hurt. I don't know. You know, I just don't know about it. So he's still good. Obviously, he's still a wide receiver one. I'm just not as sold, and I think that Hopkins can produce with anybody, and I think the same deal with Matt Ryan and Julio. Uh, If Matt Ryan went down, I don't know how Julio would perform, but we haven't had to deal with that, and I'm always afraid of that foot thing. So uh, he's just three to me because of those little – sometimes you have to poke holes, you know what I mean, and look at the floor, and I think the floor for Hopkins is still very high, and that's why I have him at one. Uh, Now that Tyreek Hill is not suspended – is he a top 10 wideout, and have you been taking him? Because he went, in one of our drafts, I believe he went wide receiver one. And I know uh, Fantasy Jesus. Pro's rankings, he's one of eight dudes with a number one overall wide receiver ranking. Yeah, I think he's very good. I think that offense is going to be insane. I don't take him that high. Still, I have, I have Julio, Hopkins, Adams, Thomas going ahead of him. I'd even take a chance on Juju over uh, Tyree Kill. I believe in what, what Juju's doing. I probably have Tyreek right behind him uh, and then some Odell Beckham. So Tyreek's still very, very good. He'd be like an early second-round pick for me. I, I think the offense is going to be dynamic, but um, he's not my top guy. He's more of a, a boomer bust type guy. I like that consistency early on. Another reason why I like Julio so much is he consistently puts up these very productive numbers where Tyreek puts up great numbers, but he's got to have the big play, it seems like, most of the time. And I don't want to count on that. Uh, you know, what's funny. I'm going to go a little rogue here. Didn't hear Antonio Brown listed on uh, uh, those top wideouts. So obviously, let me check the bottom of my foot real quick for him. <laughs> obviously, he has gone off the reservation a couple times recently. You know, quit on the Steelers at the end of the year last season, uh, going over to uh, Oakland and whatever he did to his feet with this cryo therapy thing and then uh the helmet stuff and my my take on that is i think he was so embarrassed by the helmet crap that he was kind of he was raising this point of the the he's so embarrassed by the feet he's raising this point of the helmet to distract from the feet that he did this to himself you know what i mean so I, I kind of feel like it's a nothing. He was never going to turn down 30 million bucks. He's already back with the team. He should be fine by week one, even with the weird blisters. So you don't have him. I mean, is he a wide receiver one for you still? Or is he a wide receiver two? Or are you just I you not messing with any of that kind of crazy? I'm not messing with that crazy because 
do I doubt his talent? Not a chance. Like we know how good Antonio Brown is. The feet, they're going to heal eventually. That's fine. I think he's got some things wrong upstairs, like without making jokes about things. I yes. think there's actually something wrong up there that well, he needs I, to I do too. Out. And I think it was from Vontez Perfect. And I think, there's... yeah, because that was, and he wants to wear that helmet still. Like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. But it's not just that. The biggest thing for me, if everything was normal, business as usual, Derek Carr's his quarterback. He is on the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to be a realist here, and I know they're going to try to force him the ball a lot, so maybe in PPRs he puts up like eight catches a week or whatever. I just – I can't do it. I really can't do it. That is just <laughs> not – when you have guys around him, like even Mike Evans I think has more upside. You have Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, all these guys going around him. Brandon Cooks even in a dynamic offense. I go with them before I go Antonio Brown. Are, are, you, are you married or you're in a long-term committed relationship? I have been married for, I better get this right, over six years. Okay. Uh, see, sometimes I need some of that crazy in my life. That's why I'm not married. So yes. I, I, I get the attraction to the craziness. But uh, it's um, for, for this Antonio Brown stuff, it's also I'm a Steelers fan. And I've watched him, you know, his entire career. And he is unbelievably good. And he's he's to me, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. And yeah. I don't know that it's particularly close. I think between him and Hopkins, as far as production goes, and but you know, a but lot you, of these do guys. You, do you do you think? Do you think that even without Ben being there, Antonio can be that guy with Derek Carr? He's not going to be as good. It's kind of like the Le'Veon Bell situation, right? Yeah, so exactly that makes know, sense. The, the, the Le'Veon Bell situation. He's not going to be as good because he's going behind an offensive line that's not as good as it was in Pittsburgh. But it's, uh, I, you know, Derek Carr became gun shy last year. Because for part of the years, number one wideout was Marcel Aitman. You know, no offense <laughs> to Marcel Aitman, but he wasn't that good at Oklahoma State. He's not going to be that good in the NFL. You know, so we're looking for a guy like Antonio Brown to make Derek Carr better. And Derek Carr was pretty damn good for a while. And then for whatever reason, last year, it's like after that Rams game, and that was a tough opener for the Raiders. They opened yes. up against the Rams, and he just got planted by Sue and Donald and everybody on that team for just four straight quarters and he was trying to throw the ball deep and every time he did he got picked I, he had three picks I think in that game and you could see Gruden screaming at him and I think that set the tone for the rest of the year for Derek Carr he got gun shy throwing the ball down the field and he didn't want to do it and I think that if we look back a couple of years ago this guy brought the Raiders to the playoffs obviously got hurt before the game and, and all that stuff. Remember he broke his hand and it's been downhill since then, but I think that they're changing, you know, that's why they brought in Mayock was to change culture. Yep. And uh, I think that's what they're doing. And I think Antonio Brown is going to help him throw the ball down the field and regain his confidence. So I hope so. I'm kind of in on Derek Carr a little bit this year. I haven't drafted him anywhere yet, but well, you almost have you almost have to be if you're waxing that politically about Antonio Brown. Yeah. You have to like the the promise of Derek Carr. I haven't drafted my Superflex league yet, but I think he's going to be my third quarterback there uh, because oh, I think he falls. so not a starting quarterback. No, <laughs> no. I mean, let's be let's be honest. So you're falling, you're falling in friendship, not in love. Well, yes, and here's the thing too: is that defense is still terrible, even with adding yeah. some good defensive players. Throw, it's right? still awful. They're going to be down and have to throw the ball, so he's going to be. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, let's go to let's go to L.A. How do you order the Rams wide receivers this year? Such a fun question. I asked this to on my wide receiver preview recently because to me it's it's like if you want to go if this is your There's wide no wrong answer. No, there is isn't. the way I, the way I break it down. If you want a wide receiver one, 
um, or if it's your wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, you go Brandon Cooks. If you have a, a good one or two receivers, it's like your third receiver or you want a safe receiver, you go with Robert Woods because he's just more volume, not as explosive where, where Cooks has your explosion and goes. If you want to wait another pick or two and you just want a piece of the Rams offense because they're not there and have a massive red zone target, it's Cooper Cup. It's so tricky because they're going so close together so you can't say like, okay, take running backs early and take this guy or whatever. They're all going in like the same round almost, a round and a half. So you got to be aggressive. Where they're going with Cooks, Woods, and Cup in that order, I agree with. It's just more team dependent when you're drafting. If you went running back, running back early, go Cooks. If you went wide receiver, wide receiver, and you're going zero RBs, Adam Woods is a third receiver. I think that's a dynamic number three receiver. And then Cooper Cup's just kind of that – if you're feeling frisky and you want to go for it, go for it. I, I'm not as in on him, but it's hard not to love any piece of that Rams offense. Well, I tell you what, you are dead on because Fantasy Pros uh, has it exactly like you ordered it. Uh, Cooks 39, Woods 40, and Cup 50. So, uh, like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, I feel like I put Woods at one because I think he has the highest floor. And uh, I, I put Cooks, two, and then I have Cup, three, mainly because he's coming off the entry more than anything. Yeah. Uh, I think we got time for one more at least. Uh, are you taking A.J. Green even at a deal here? Because we talked about the injury stuff a little bit before. I am wholly and completely out on A.J. Green. I don't want a piece of him because he's already had surgery. He's wide receiver 20 right now. He's actually going one spot ahead of Cooper Cup at 49. I'm just, uh, I'm all the way, I'm like the blackjack dealer, you know? Here's my hands, <laughs> done. No A.J. Green for me this year. Yep, I'll make this short and sweet. Done there as well. He'd have to fall, like, past round 10, which he's not going to. Like, he'd have to fall, like, he'd have to go Tom Petty on this thing and free fall. And, that's not, <laughs> and that, that's not happening. So, yeah, I'm out. Not happening. I may or may not have snuck a free fall in, in uh, the last mock. So, <laughs> have to listen for that. But uh, thanks so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, helping out with the Welsh with his new gig, too. Uh, you can find him on the Twitter. Casey Bubba, you got to go uh, at BDentric, E N T. R-E-K, and you have to go listen to Bench with Bubba or Around the Bases, or you can find him anywhere. Many, many podcasts. He covers something I don't. He does golf. So yes. go listen to his golf podcast because you're not going to get that from me. I don't do it. So uh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you filling in here. Anytime, my friend. All right. We're going to hit a break, and when we come back, I'm going to be joined by John Lobb, everybody, at GridironSkull91 on the Twitters. You know him from uh, my podcast, College Fantasy Football on Campus, on Fantrax. So you, if you know John, you know you should be turning that volume down right now. So while you're taking that break, why don't you go ahead and check out Patreon.com slash ITLArmy, where you can join the Welsh and I. We do AMAs, we do secret shows, we have all kinds of extra bonus content for you to listen to if you enjoy this show or any of our other stuff. It would be great to have you over there, patreon.com slash army and check it out. Group me rooms, all that good stuff. Maybe we'll be right back after this break with I Thought It was 